welcome to what is it about the weather podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelenic. This week, this week we're going to talk about the survey finally and not asking you to take it, although I am going to leave it up just for those that want to. All right, before we get there though, let's talk a little weather, if we will. Hope you had a good weather week or however long it's been since you've Last listen to an episode, had a little fire and ice this week. Now, that might be an exaggeration, probably a lot of an exaggeration, but I had a first frost of the year, so woke up, some rooftops. I have a view from where I'm at to a couple of rooftops across the street and can get a really good view of that. Didn't last very long, of course, warmed up right away, but definitely some frost, and I also had some hotter days. Yeah, I know. You're thinking, November, how hot could it be? It really wasn't that hot outside. This is a tricky thing. So with the sun angle lowering, I'm in a location where I have south-facing windows. And with those windows, there's pros and cons, right? You get a lot of light because they're south-facing, being in the northern hemisphere. And during the summer, it gets warm by the window and heats up and you know being on an upper floor yeah that creates a challenges but in the winter time it's kind of nice when you get some of that warmth right the sun coming in but with that lower angle and anything that's kind of a warmish day it really wasn't like I said all that warm 20 degrees C or so just just short of 70 degrees Fahrenheit but that sun angle gets in and creeps in and starts heating up everything and it got a little toasty so yes fire and ice eh, exaggeration extremes, let's say, broad ends of the spectrum. And even yesterday I had some hail I posted a picture on Twitter. Maybe I'll use it in the show notes. I got two funny pictures. One is it started hailing and I was a little surprised by that in that I knew it might come in the forecast, but you know, you're always kind of listening to the rain and it's a, just a different sound. So it, it kind of captured my attention. So immediately I went into, okay, there's something different. What am I going to do about it? So I'm like opening the window trying to see how big the hail is. And at first a little small. It got as big as pea size. And I was trying, I had my hands out the window because I didn't have my phone handy. What I really wanted to do was take a picture of some of the hail just to you know, be the scientific meteorologist I am. can sort of document it. Not that I'm ever going to do anything with that information or that picture. And I had my hands out the window. They're getting soaked, right? But this hail, I am capturing some up against kind of the the window frame. And unbeknownst to me, somebody was kindly taking my picture (laughs) of me with my hands out the window. So maybe I'll use that one in the episode. It's it's humorous because all you see is my hands out the window doing something. It's not obvious, but it was gathering hail. So again, a lot of extremes this week, a lot of up and downs this week, but overall eight. An interesting weather week for me and enjoyable. I've been working on my AMS plans. I think I'm going to do virtual. I've just got a lot of stuff going on and not sure I'm going to want to be traveling that first week, of, not the first week, but the first month of the year to the AMS location. But, you know, I can always change my mind if I really want to go there. I'm set up to do my presentation virtually and I can make up my mind in terms of whether I want to be remote or in person until mid-December for attending. I don't know that I can change it as a speaker. I think they start planning. 
But I always envisioned I could still go and then just sit in another room and do my presentation. May not be the worst idea in the world. But I'll I'll keep you guys updated with what I'm doing on that. And I think I've mentioned it a couple of times. It's it has to do with all these little micro weather devices that I have and using that data for things like, you know, being out doing bike rides or hiking and that kind of stuff and how as that becomes more prevalent, what it can mean for both sides of that equation, both in terms of improving forecast, but also to the users, uh, whether it be, you know, fitness people that want to incorporate weather data in their workout, or whether it's just people being outdoor need to be aware of what the weather conditions are and changing conditions from a safety standpoint. So we'll see. Hopefully it'll be interesting. The other thing that kind of in the news caught my attention this week, a lot of articles about satellites, and I was, I was, I don't know why, but I put a link or two in the show notes because one of them is kind of a walkthrough. And I had a good friend um, that I went to graduate school with who had a chance to do this a few years ago when she was, I think at the time she was still working for the Washington Post. And, you know, she was all done up in her little um, dust-free suit, if you will. Not, not a full kind of COVID gear, if you will, but, you know, just stuff to keep. I guess, stuff coming off our bodies uh, from getting into the equipment, that sort of thing. But I saw a new article. It's kind of the next launches are starting to come for future satellites. And it was a, another somebody walking through that experience. So I thought you might like that. Something else that caught my eye this week, though, is a headline related to a new photo book coming out of the Royal Meteorological Society in the UK. And they posted like, this article had like 13 pictures. And some of them are really, really, really cool to me. And some of them are like, yeah, okay, I, I can understand why they ended up in the group, but maybe not as interesting to me. And I've been in kind of photo mode this week, and so maybe that's why I did. I, I was, I've been going through the past year's worth of photos, and I do this from time to time because I take a lot of pictures. As you guys know, I like to do photography, and so I had a lot to work with. And I have this thing where I try not to do processing of pictures too close to the event because I take, as you can imagine, a lot of weather pictures. And if I look at them two months later or three months later and I go, eh, that's just another sunset or that's just a, uh, and it doesn't stand out, I just delete them because maybe in the moment it was neat. But if I didn't, if it wasn't something specific I was doing that day or if it doesn't stick with me why I took that picture, there's a good chance it's just another picture and I, I got plenty of them, right? So I can't keep all of them. I guess I could, but not going to. But I tend to be one who takes not, an insane amount of pictures, but I take some, some more stupid things like you need a picture of a box or, you know, a label or something that you're, you're working with. And, and that was all temporary and those can go away. But when I'm on a trip, I may take, I don't know, four times as many pictures as I need to keep and probably eight times as many as I should. I'm going to get down to that four. I'm not going to get all the way down to one eighth or anything, but I was doing that. So I've just kind of been photos in the mind. And, and again, just even, like I said, just yesterday with a hailstorm. So been dealing with a lot of photos, weather and not, but enough of me and enough of my weather. Let's get on to the survey, all right, and talk about it. Now, like I said, I left it up here for a while, and I'm going to leave it up there. What is it about the weather.com slash survey? So if you haven't taken it, your input's still valuable, because I also would welcome two things. One is, if you haven't taken it, just answer the questions that were there. And like I said, it doesn't take very long. But the other is, if during this process you're listening to what I have to say and you think, oh, I'm off base or that's not what I meant if it was if you're one of the people that took the survey or 
you have follow-on thoughts. This is all taking and shaping, if you will. Now, when I was looking through the responses, as you know, most of them were kind of some open-ended questions, and I asked a few targeted things about length of time you spend on things. But one of the responses I got was, I like shows where the creators make the show they want to make. And I completely agree with that, okay? But, but, no show is 100% just the creator, okay? And I think the best creators incorporate the world around them, not just through their own eyes, but through other people's eyes and thoughts. And that's why I welcome and encourage you guys to send me thoughts from time to time. It, do, it doesn't even have to be anything major. It, it can be something you did or didn't like. And just a little bit about why. All right. Now, if in the moment you're just having a bad day and you go, I didn't like that episode because whatever, yeah, that, that isn't particularly constructive. And you're, you can type the email if it makes you feel better, but that's not what's going to be useful. But anytime you have a thought or an idea, I, I like to embrace those. And I may not be able to deal with it right away. Sometimes I am. We had this thing, um, as you know, Aaron, who who every I get these spurts from Aaron, and I've mentioned him a few times in the past. And we had this, you know, back-to-back-to-back phase we went through where, you know, I was answering his question, which led to another question that I'd already answered in the episode. And he, he responds, and then he listens, and that sort of thing. doesn't always work that way. But whenever I hear from you guys, it gives me something to work with that helps me be better than I am as just my brain. Because if I become just my brain or my thoughts or my creations, it becomes biased and tilted towards a very specific thing that's not good. Yes, I work hard to embrace a a larger arena, if you will, but I can't always do that on my own or I don't always, I'm not always going to be able to see it the way that you might see things. So I always welcome that feedback. And quite frankly, we creators don't always have our mojo. And you've heard me talking about the challenges of creators. I mean, clearly, podcasting has evolved. And I'll talk about this, you know, a little bit more down as we go through the, you know, the feedback that I got. But 10 years ago, podcasting was still in its infancy. No, it wasn't new, but it was still a relatively young field. Right. And I wasn't in it yet, but I was enjoying it. And it was just getting to where it was easier because 15 years ago, let's say you really had to work at it. It was before the iPhone and you had to download episodes, then copy them over to your iPod or listen to them on a computer or whatever you were doing. It wasn't it wasn't simple. And then it got simple to get it from point A to point B, at least for the listener. There was still a lot of effort for the creator because the tools weren't really there yet. But by the time I got into it a little over five years ago, it was a lot of that was easier. It was easier for me to create a feed and load stuff up and get it off to you guys. And it was really easy on the user side to do that. But what's changed a lot since that time is the dynamics have shifted. Okay. We've gone from a world where there were a bunch of what I would call independent creators and a few major players to now it is mostly, right? Mostly the big guys again, people that have money to put into content. Now I'm not going to say that there's still tons and tons of independent content. And this is what I love about it. Lots of people can still create, but like many things with creation, right? They may do 10 episodes or three episodes or five episodes, or maybe even get beyond that. And then it goes away and it fades. So there's a lot of, you know, 
not unique to podcasting, but any sort of these creative realms. Somebody thinks they have an idea and they get going with it, and it's a good idea for a little bit. But maybe one is it was never designed to be longer, and and I like the idea that there's these series-oriented podcasts that can do that. But two is it takes a lot of work to continue to come up with ideas and new things, especially like with me when I'm really doing it on my own. This is not a production team, and that's what helps with those other things. But anytime you watch things like late night television with the the comedians or anything where content's being created on a regular basis, they have teams, they have writers, and they have teams of writers for that very reason. Because sometimes there's a writer that's really on point and in his A game, and then he fades. Maybe he comes and goes quickly, and there's a workhorse, and and she you know has great content most of the time. But maybe hers is more stable and, you know, they, it's somebody they can always count on, but it's not the zinger person or whatever it is if we're talking about comedy. And they balance all these things, different cultures, different genders. All this stuff comes into play to make that show what it is. Well, with me, it's just me, unless I have you guys. And that's why I like your feedback. Now. The other thing I look at podcasts for is I'm not creating content for future generations, right, or for anything down the road. But I'm also, as I've developed this podcast, as you guys know, not trying to make it about news for today either. So will podcast exist? Will this podcast exist? I don't know. But I'm, I'm doing it for things that are relevant to us now and how we live in today's society, even if some of the content is relevant a year from now or two years from now or you know, stuff I created five years ago still has some relevancy. And one of the reasons specifically that I asked about other podcasts you listen to is I like to get from you guys some ideas of other podcasts for my own enjoyment, but also by listening to those other podcasts, understanding things that might work from a standpoint of my varied audience. And I will be clear, my audience, you know, when I first got started, took a while to build up, but I have kind of been in that, on average, 500 to, let's just say around 500. It probably peaked averaging around 700 when I was in the first 100 episodes. And that was for a variety of things that were going on. But now, it's a little lower than that, but it's still kind of that same dynamic. And people have come and gone, and yet I've got a, a, sort, a, excuse me, a core sort of group that's kind of stuck with it and is there. But through all that... I know I've got a a listening audience that's very diversified just based on all the feedback I get from time to time. And that could be tricky to deal with. I love the the idea that I don't have people that are just about weather, right? I have a lot of people that are interested in weather, but that's not what this podcast is about. It's not just about the weather. It's about these broader connections. So it tends to draw in different people and they come and go. But each group is, they may have come in for a specific episode, listened for a while, then maybe they find it's not their cup of tea, if you will. But during that, if they give me feedback and ideas, it's useful. All those things are useful. With all that, what I hope to do is, is grow the podcast in a way, or evolve the podcast in a way that stays relevant as our world changes, as our behaviors change, and continues to be enjoyable and informative, and entertaining, all those things, both for you, but also for me. Because if I'm doing just the same thing every week, if I'm creating just the same type of episode every week, I'd go bonkers and I just wouldn't do it anymore. All right? So let's talk a little bit about the results with all that in mind. 
there were a couple things that really stood out to me that I think are that's important. And one of them was about how to engage you guys more. Now, you could say doing live episodes, right? And I will tell you that I had a, a group of people, and it was closer than you might think. It wasn't exactly 50-50, but 50% of the people like live content. The other 50% don't. And I, I don't think it's as much maybe that they don't like it. It's just that their schedule's not set up for them to consume it. So yeah, I could certainly probably do that by recording with you guys. And we also live in a world now where I think, and, and part of this is me too, I'm a little less focused on, well, that I would have to record at a certain time every day. Now that is big, important for the big production people and, you know, everybody who expects their ESPN sports center at whatever time every day. But I could also just do it whenever. And if people can make it great and if they can't, whatever. So that, that would be something to do. Right. But someone else, for instance, suggested doing some gamification and, you know, engaging in doing some sort of forecast contest. Now, as you guys all know, I, I have some experience with that. And I've done it both in competing. I also ran a competition, uh, or I, I did kind of a beta test with some meteorologists I know. And we had some fun with it. It's kind of like fantasy football, except it was for forecasting. And I enjoy those things. And if there's a way I can think to do it that's not too involved, and I think enough people were participating, and this is always a tricky thing, because the audience is so diversified, I've got to find something that's enough that drives at least some behavior and some response. And it, it doesn't have to be everybody, right? It can be a, a 10% type of thing. But if 10% really do it, it's probably worthwhile. But a lot of times it's about getting those things out the door. So taking that feedback, working with that. The other theme I kind of heard was about more depth. And a couple of people mentioned about how I'll cut myself off and say I don't want to go that deep. Or I don't make it overly scientific but there were some people who said, maybe you should sometimes. Maybe you should get a little bit more into the science and the weather and that sort of thing. So those were a couple of, of the, from the broad things that stood out, that were either repeated or, you know, were, could be grouped together in a way that maybe I can act upon them sort of thing. Now, let's talk about time windows and what you guys said. In audio, there seems to be two camps of people. There's the 20 to 30 minute, and I had a lot of people give me feedback that said, I really like that. It's the sweet spot. So that was the biggest one, right, was that grouping. And then the second group, though, is I still have some people that are in that 45 to 60 minute window. That that's what they like to listen to. That's the length of time. And I can get that, right? It's like, and I do the same thing. Like I got something I need to sit in front of the computer, and I just, I've got a big block of time, and I want something that's going to work me through that block of time. And podcasts can be excellent for that. And so they listen to that. Or they've still got a commute. Or if they've gone back to a commute where it allows them for that. I specifically heard from somebody else, not through the through the survey. Actually, I, did, I think they may have answered the survey. But through some email exchanges we had where they were talking about. And when I asked that question a couple of weeks ago about how have listening habits changed since COVID. And they shared some thoughts about that. And I do think that that's part of what's playing in the 25 to 30 minute window. I think we, a lot of us, have this shorter little gap that we're working with and a lot of things where I used to listen to longer windows of audio even if it was multiple episodes or something are gone and that that's happened for me too and so I do appreciate some of that shorter stuff okay now video <laughs> I will just tell you there was short and shorter I, I don't remember the exact number but it was like 75% of the people 
all the video content was under three minutes. Now, some people really like long video content and that may be their total content. That may be sitting down and watching a television show or a movie or whatever. And it's their unwind, right? It's their just kind of like audio. It's to get away from it. But I find with video that if it depends what you, you know, let's say it's a show that you watch again and again, you kind of know the characters. You can watch a 45 or a 60 minute episode and not have to really watch it because you kind of, you can listen to it and know what's going on. Right. When I was a kid, I used to have this radio that could pick up television bandwidth as well. And I remember listening to, to things like MASH and, and other stuff. And, and I didn't have to see it because I could listen and I knew the characters and I knew the settings well enough that I could just be in that zone. And I think sometimes video can fill that role, too, that we don't always have to be watching it 100 percent. So if I did longer video, I would probably need to keep that in mind. And back to the live thing, because that was a specific yes, no question. There was more yes than no, but it wasn't a huge positioning to the yes side, I would say. So where do I go with all this? What are my thoughts? Where where am I going to take it? Well, like I said, I'd love some more feedback from you guys just based on what you've heard today in case I, I misspoke for anybody. But one is about evolving the main content of this podcast, right? The The bulk of what we're doing here. And this has to do with, you know, evolving behaviors, like I said, but some of it could be that deeper science. Some of it could be doing non-evergreen content. And an example might be, I saw a headline today that said, La Nina is here to stay. What Noah says about how long it will last. One is one of those headlines that drove me nuts. But one, another would be why that hello, that headline's irrelevant or what's useful in it, right? But that's it, it is a timing thing because it's the time of year where we talk about those things. But it could be any of these stories where a lot of times I'll talk about the story and then try to make it non-evergreen. But maybe that's not the point. Maybe I should make it about that moment, okay? And then things, you know, I'd love doing these when history and weather, did weather change history things, but those episodes can take a, an extraordinary amount of time to kind of put together. But there is a way to do that historical connection that I think people like that might be a way to bridge that gap, okay? So maybe still at some of the taking the main podcast and doing some episodes that are a bunch of short snips, okay, of different things that are more non-evergreen content, right? What's going on in the world around us? Maybe it's a few topics in an episode. But I still think that this, let's say 20 to 25 minute thing's going to exist. And I just need to look at ways of, maybe bringing some of those ideas into that. I can't do all these things. Now, some of that deeper science, it's hard to do because usually when you go into deep, where I have the trouble is taking something that I can either make five minutes or it becomes five hours. And yes, there clearly there are some middle levels in there, but making it only 10 or 15 minutes can be hard sometimes. And I have done some episodes where I talked about where your weather forecast comes from and it took multiple episodes and I could do some more of those. But what I might want to do is take some of those topics that are easier done with visual support and bring it into some of the things I'm talking about doing. And you've heard me mention this, which is a couple of new things, which is some science-oriented videos. Again, not, not real deep, 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 but making it to where it's relatable with things around us so that it can be a little more aha and I can be talking and showing at the same time. And of course, you've heard me mention kind of the blue sky weather, which is that is a little bit more about me. But the question is, do I want to make that series more about 
not weather, because the focus is really not so much the weather, and bring some weather elements into it. Because, you know, people talked about that, that they liked hearing my experiences or my ideas. So, I don't know. All things to think about. If you have any other feedback or other thoughts before I kind of take all this information and meld it into something and meld it into what's likely going to be stuff kicking off as the winter's time is here and I've got more inside time to work on these things, let me know. What is it about the weather at gmail.com? Again, if you haven't taken about the time to take the survey and you still want to, what is it about the weather.com slash survey? It's really that simple. Of course, you can hit me up on Twitter, Mark underscore Jelanik, or what is about the weather on Twitter as well. With all that said, clearly there's a lot of our lives that touch weather and don't touch weather, but they're somehow all interconnected. So just remember, the next time you take a survey, and I had an annoying one this week, maybe we'll hit that on a future episode. Just remember, when you get that survey email, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.